The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, or gender. Thanks for being a consenting adult, and here we go. I am enormous, get used to it Everyone tells me I'm too much Maybe it's just you're not enough for me Can't you see, I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from Seattle stand-up comedian Jimmy Sorrentino. This is the part where I tell you about our next live show because the last one sold out hard. You need to get your tickets right now for our Saturday, July 17th body. It's going to be at a beautiful outdoor venue. It was so full of people who flew in from around the country last time, and I want you there. This venue, we only get it for a few dates, and this is our second to the last one, Saturday, July 17th. We have an amazing lineup. We have a lot of bootay, which if you saw our Folsom Street Fair official after party last year, a lot of bootay not only hosted Folsom Street Fair, but got on the live stream for body and told a story. We've got storyteller CJ, who has not been with us since the early days of the podcast and is a crowd favorite. People tell me that's their favorite body story on the podcast again and again. And we also have award-winning storyteller Meg Elison, who did the live stream about six months ago. But when she did, she said, Dix, here's the deal. I get to perform on the live stage when shows are back. So I'm honoring my promise gladly because she is phenomenal so moving so beautiful so talented god her way with words just kills me not just that but we're gonna have the incomparable rachel lark as our musical act we have tables right up front that are going fast tickets to the live show where you can meet the team see the show that we're famous for live shows are back so get your tickets right now for saturday july 17th it's gonna sell out soon and I want you there. A link to the tickets are in the show notes. <sighs> Self-care is about being mindful and treating our bodies well, on the outside and on the inside. When I think about staying healthy, my mind heads straight to pleasure, and one of my favorite ways to take care of my body is by using Uberloop. Uberloop is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body-safe ingredients. What makes Uberloop body-safe? It's free of nasty additives like parabens, preservatives, and petrochemicals. And if you've ever had an adverse reaction to lube, it's probably from water-based lubes because they get absorbed into the bloodstream. Uberlube stays on the surface of your skin and doesn't enter your bloodstream like water-based lube. It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, anal, and thousands of doctors recommend Uberlube for its simple ingredient list. Ideally, lube enhances touch and doesn't overpower it. 
I love that Uberlube offers just the right amount of slip while still allowing for skin-on-skin sensations. Uberlube offers long-lasting performance when you want it, then quickly dissipates without leaving a sticky residue. It cleans up easily, there's no flavor or scent, and it's latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms too. And right now, they're offering Body Storytelling listeners a special offer. 10% off and free shipping when you use my code D-I-X-I-E at uberlube.com. If you're going to add to your magic moments, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality, most body safe ingredients. Remember, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code Dixie at uberlube.com. I'm excited to tell you about this week's storyteller. Here's the backstory. I was doing a show in Seattle before the pandemic, and at a certain point, I let people put their name in a hat to get up and tell their own five-minute story. And this guy was phenomenal. Recently, I was looking for storytellers for the live stream, so I asked him if he would be up to learn storytelling, and he worked so hard. So let me tell you about this week's storyteller. Jimmy Sorrentino is a Seattle-based comedian and writer. Despite having over a dozen years of experience in both stand-up and sketch comedy, this is his first time performing as a true storyteller. When not attempting to make people laugh, Jimmy can be found competing in jiu-jitsu tournaments, playing with his dogs Kronk and Isma, or doing home and garden projects with his wife and housemates. This storyteller is Jimmy Sorrentino. Uh, hello. Thank you, everyone. So, imagine, if you will, that you are 17 years old. You're standing in the middle of a cornfield, half-naked, shivering your humiliated ass off as you stand awash in the glow of a very powerful searchlight surrounded by a pile of condoms and floppy disks. Sounds like an impossibly dumb scenario, I know. Let me take you back a little earlier that day. I'm 17 years old, I'm living in Vancouver, Washington, and I'm dating the hottest girl in all of Vancouver. Her name is Brie. Her family is Russian Orthodox. My family is Italian Catholic. Very scandalous shit. And she is the punk rock girl of my dreams. She looks like Kristen Ritter, the actress from Breaking Bad or Jessica Jones. She has a slight build, a really cute bubble butt, these full pouting lips, high cherubic cheekbones, crystal blue eyes, raven black hair that's cut short and spiked all the way around her head. She's got this hoop piercing through the middle of her bottom lip and she has a barbell through her eyebrow. I am so into her. And in fact, a few months before this, I had actually lost my virginity to her in her black four post bed that had black satin sheets and black lace hanging from the corners. Goth punk goddess. I don't even know why she's into me because at the time, I'm even scrawnier than I am now. I was the drummer in a pop punk band called The Buddy System, and I had spiked hair with bleached tips, which was era appropriate at the time. I thought it made me look sexy like Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, but in reality, I looked a lot more like the main character to the music video Pretty Fly for a white guy. It wasn't a great look. But on this day in particular, I'm on the phone with Bree, because it's 2002, people still talk on the phone. And through the course of the conversation, we say, you know what? We've been having sex for a few months right now, we got it pretty well figured out. What if we start doing some adventurous shit? And she says to me, 
do you have any fantasies that I could help bring to life? And my horny 17-year-old brain explodes with possibilities. And I'm like, oh my God, what should I ask her for? Should I ask for anal? No, I'm too scared for that. What about a threesome? No, I don't even know a second girl. And then it hit me. I was like, hey, my dad just got this new thing for work called a digital camera. What if we use that and took sexy pictures together? And Bree says, what's a digital camera? And I was like, oh my God, it's the most amazing thing, all right? It's about the size of a plastic lunchbox and it's this really boring, dull gray color, but don't let that fool you because it's amazing. It has 1.2 megapixels, a fact which I bragged about despite not knowing what the fuck it meant. I was like, it's made by Sony. It's called a Mavica for some reason. And the best part is it stores the pictures on floppy disks. So we don't even have to take these pictures to be developed. Nobody will see these but us. What do you think? And Bree says, you know what? Yeah, that sounds great. And she, she says, yes. My, my head explodes. I'm like, oh my God, this goth punk goddess of my dreams has just agreed to make custom pornography with me. How did I get so lucky? But I'm not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth. So I say, all right, yeah, no, let's do that. When, uh, when do you want to try that? And she says, well, how about tonight? And I was like, perfect, I'm free, I'm 17. So we hang up and I go to get ready. So the first thing I do is I clean my car because I knew we were gonna be doing this in my car. We mostly had sex in my car because we're 17 years old, we both live at home, our parents are always there. So my white 1996 Toyota Camry that I purchased at a police auction for super cheap because it only smelled a little bit like blood and meth was going to be our boudoir for the evening. So clean the car out. I put on my best punk rock attire, right? I've got my black skinny jeans on, I've got my black Converse on. I've got my, uh, my, my hair spiked. I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, this is how I want to look with my bleach tips. And I grab uh, a box of condoms and a box of floppy disks, like you do. And I make my way to Bree's house. And I get there and uh, she's, she lives in this old house in Vancouver that has this wraparound wooden porch on it. So it's this rickety wooden porch, the kind you don't ever really feel safe walking on, but you don't have a choice because that's where the fucking door is. But she's already sitting out there on the porch waiting for me. And she starts walking down the stairs towards my car and I'm going insane with how hot she looks because she is also in the punk rock best. She's got the same black skinny jeans on that I'm wearing and black Converse, but she's got on a black dashboard confessional t-shirt that she has cut into a tank top and a midriff, right? So I can see her belly button piercing. And she's got the reddest lipstick I've ever seen in my life. And she gets in the car and I'm just like, fuck it, let's just have sex now. You look amazing. And she's like, no, we have a plan. Stick to the plan. I was like, you're right, okay. First thing we gotta do is decide where we're gonna go. We had some usual spots in Vancouver that we would park to have sex, but we were worried that the flash of the camera was going to attract unwanted attention. So we decide we're gonna drive out to the county, to a town called Battleground, Washington, which is mostly just farmland. And we're driving around there for a little while, and we eventually come across this vast cornfield. And we don't even see a farmhouse in sight. We're like, this is perfect. This is where we're gonna do this, this is great. So we drive along this little road for a little while until we find a, a tiny little access path in the corn, right? Like where a picking truck would drive down to pick the corn. And I back my car down this little aisle and now we are surrounded on three sides by corn and we're facing the only way out. 
I'm like, this is where we're gonna do it. This is perfect, right? So we get into the back seat of the car and Bree says, well, uh, how do you wanna start? And I'm like, ah, ah, ah. And she goes, well, what if we start by taking some solo pictures of each other? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So she takes off all of her clothes and I power up the camera and she leans back on the back seat and she's got one hand on her clit and the other hand's like grabbing her tit really hard and she's like kind of biting her lower lip and she's looking up at me with these big doe eyes and I don't even looking through the camera. I'm just like, ah, and she's like, you should take some pictures. And I'm like, yep, right. So I look at the little tiny, tiny screen on the back of this camera and I realize the depth of field is terrible on this and you have to have the camera as far away from the, the subject as possible. So I'm pressed up against the other side of the car and she's laying there looking sexy. And, uh, and I take a couple pictures of her and it looks great. She looks like a million bucks. I can't believe how good this is going for me. And then she goes, well, uh, let's, let's switch it up. Let me take some pictures of you. And I was like, all right, let's try that. So I take all of my clothes off. I'm already rock hard It's 17 years old. It's not a problem. And then I just sit on the back seat of the car like I'm going for a fucking car ride, totally naked, rock hard, hands on my lap, smiling at the camera. Just And she's like, you can't smile in porn. I'm like, why can't you smile in porn? And she goes, because look, and she shows me the picture and it looks like a really off-putting ransom photo. Like a little bit of Stockholm syndrome. I'm in the back seat of the car and I'm just so happy to be in this picture. Like, yeah, it's great. And so, so she's like, all right, and she's like, you can't smile. I'm like, so what should I do? She goes, well, do what I did. You know, just kind of part your lips slightly and you, you bite your lower lip and you, you tilt your chin down and you look up at the camera from the top of your eyes. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna try that. And I ended up looking like a very confused Don Knotts. I'm like, Ugh. and she's like, that's terrible. Shut it down, let's stop. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good call. I could feel it, that felt wrong to me. So she goes, all right, maybe we should switch to taking some pictures of us actually having sex together. And I was like, yes, sex, I love that word. Let's do that idea. So I grab the box of condoms, I yank it open, condoms go everywhere, I don't fucking care. I take one, I put it on, and we start having sex. And so what we're doing, I'm sitting on the back seat of the car, she straddles me in like a reverse cowgirl position. So now we're gonna try to take pictures like that, right? But we already know that the depth of field on the camera sucks. I have longer arms, so I'm holding the camera out as far as I can to try to get us into frame. But this is old technology. It weighs like eight pounds, and my arm starts shaking from the strain of it after a while. Plus, there's no front-facing camera or screen on this thing, so I, it's just kind of point and pray. I don't even know what's in the frame. I'm trying to take the pictures, and I, my arm is shaking, and then the camera starts making a weird noise. So we turn it around, and it turns out that each disc only holds like six fucking pictures on it. So, okay, now we gotta change the discs out a lot. But that's a problem because both of our hands are covered in condom lube and pussy and we can't operate the little slide lever to get the floppy discs out. So we have to rub our hands on the seat and we push the thing and, the con and it comes out and we change, all right, that problem's fixed. But the other problem, we look at the pictures that we took, most of them were not even in frame. Cause again, I don't even know where I'm pointing this thing. The ones where we are in frame with a combination of my shaky arm and the fact that it's not good in low light anyway, every picture that has us in it looks like a smeared watercolor painting. It's just so blurry. Our faces look like we're gonna be killed in seven days by an angry Japanese ghost because we watched the wrong VHS tape and it's just not sexy.
So Brie goes, you know what? This isn't working. Let's change it up. Let's uh, let's try. Let's maybe let's do some like close up point of view shots. And I was like, yes, let's do that. So she flips over onto her hands and knees and we start fucking doggy style. And I've got the camera and I'm looking down and I'm trying to get a good close up point of view shot of my cock inside of her, right? And so we know we can't move or it's gonna be blurry. So we hold still, we take a picture and it, it comes out not blurry, but we realize that my hairy Italian body juxtaposed with her lily white Russian ass looks like a werewolf fucking a vampire. It is Twilight fan fiction before Twilight was even written. And we're like, this is just, it's not going how we want it to. It's not as sexy as we were hoping. Maybe we failed at this. And so Brie goes, you know what? Let's just have sex. And I was like, yeah, all right, great. I love that idea. So we put the camera down and we start just having sex. But again, we're in a car. It sucks. Her face is smashed up against the window. My head's jacked up against the ceiling. There's not room for a full stroke. So it's these little like rabbit humps, you know? And, but it's fine. We're 17, it's sex, it's great, we love it. And then she starts breathing heavier and she starts to moan and that, and I'm like, fuck, she's getting close. And that gets me close. Cause I love it when I know my partner's having a good time and we're getting we're right there, we're right fucking there. And then a car drives by the road that we turned off of and we stop. We're like, okay, that's odd, but it was probably just driving by. It's not a problem, but it wasn't just driving by. It backs up and then it comes right down the lane, right toward us. And we are now deer in the headlights. We are frozen. My dick's not even moving. Like we're being stalked by a Tyrannosaurus Rex that can't see us if we don't move. And we're just, and we don't know what to do. And it gets close enough and now we're boxed in on all sides. And then an enormously powerful searchlight on this car illuminates everything. And that snaps us out of this freeze that we were in. And we start trying to pull our clothes back on, but we don't know where our underwear is. We're trying to, have you ever tried to pull skinny jeans on with sweaty legs? It's impossible. And we have our Converse that aren't laced. We're wearing them like slippers. Our shirts are half on. I didn't even take the condom off. It just no underwear, pants, and I'm freaking out. And then as we're pulling our clothes on, we see some red and blue lights start blinking and we realize we are face to face with a Clark County Sheriff. And he gets out of his car and this dude looks like Sheriff Hopper from Stranger Things. He's like six feet tall, stocky build, stubble on his face, those flat brim sheriff caps, right? And he's got a flashlight in one hand, his thumb tucked into the waistband and he's just sauntering towards our car. And he gets to the fogged up window and he taps on it with his flashlight and he goes, you mind getting dressed for me? Like, what the fuck do you think we're doing? We're both sitting in there just like, ah, ah, ah. And so we're panicking and we just, we just wanna do what this guy says because we're afraid of cops. We open the door and we're, we, we fall out of the car and condoms and floppy disks come out with us. We kick them out on accident. He just looks down at this stuff and then he looks back up at us and he goes, all right, let me see some identification. So we both give him our IDs. And he looks at our addresses and he goes, oh, you're, uh, you're a long way from home. We were seven miles from home. And he goes, what are you doing out here? And we were like, you just caught two 17 year olds in the backseat of a car in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of condoms. What the fuck do you think we're doing, man? Aren't you a detective? That's what we thought, it's not what we said. What I actually said was, ah, ah, ah. so 
he walks away, and we're standing there with condoms and floppy disks on the ground around us, shivering because we don't even have our jackets on. And he comes back, and he goes, well, you guys don't have any priors, so I'm going to let you go with a warning, but you have to get out of here right now because, you know, this is private property and you can't be here. So we're like, yep, all right, we're gone. So we get back in the car, and we're driving home, and we don't, we don't really say much, right? Like, I'm feeling kind of disappointed, like we're embarrassed, and we just we don't know what to say. And we get back to Bree's place, and she looks at me, and she goes, hey, are are you upset? You seem upset. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not upset. Like, I'm just anxious to get home and take this condom off. And so I kiss her goodbye. We part ways. And then I drive home by myself. And this is where I wish that I could go back in time and talk to 17-year-old Jimmy. Because I know what I would say. I'd be like, hey, man, I know that you think that this was your first attempt at anything adventurous or kinky and that you failed at it. And that means that you are always gonna be a failure at adventurous kinky stuff. But let me tell you, man, you're not. In fact, this night sets you on a path where you learn that taking kinky photos with partners is your biggest turn on. And you know what, bud? You do get to try anal at one point. In fact, you're gonna put a lot of stuff in your own butt. You also, you get to try some threesomes. You get to play with rope. You get to play with floggers. Your vast knowledge of jujitsu chokeholds is gonna come in real handy one day. I won't spoil why, but you're gonna be fine. <laughs> and it all started with that moment, with Bree, with one person that I loved and trusted to say, what can I do to fulfill your fantasies? What can I do that's gonna turn you on? And honestly, I hope that everybody out there that's listening today has somebody in their life that is good giving and game, that is willing to do the things that would turn you on. And take it from me, you can be successful regardless of how poorly your first attempt might go. i mm-hmm.
Was Lovers in the Back Seat by Scissor Sisters. I know you. I know that you like to get the best deal, don't you? Well, I want to tell you about the best deal when it comes to body storytelling. If you go to patreon.com and support us at the $10 a month level or greater, you're going to get a free live stream ticket to our live show. Those things we were doing a few months ago, just six months ago, have changed. And now we're doing these amazing new hybrid shows. You're going to get applause titties. You're going to get conversation. You're going to get to see a live show, a live body, and be there from wherever you are. You don't have to get on a plane. You just support us on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash body. Support us at whatever level you can. Join us on the live stream for free. And thanks in advance for your support. Well, that's our time for this week. But before I go, I want to thank the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to Joe Moore, Donald Mooney, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, David Grossoff, and most of all, podcast producer Marty Garcia. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 181 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. See you next week, pervert.